0: Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah. First of all, Isaiah 56, and then Isaiah 58. We'll read the first eight verses of Isaiah 56. Thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgments and do justice. For my salvation is near to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name That shall not be cut off. Also, the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. The Lord God, which gathereth the outcasts of Israel, saith, Yet will I gather others to him besides those that are gathered unto him. And now turning the page to Isaiah 58. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted? say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with a fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou dost bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked that thou coverest him, and that thou dost hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine health shall spring up speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he will say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and the speaking vanity, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, And satisfy the afflicted soul. Then shall thy light rise in obscurity. And thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually. And satisfy thy soul in drought. And make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden. And like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, And thou shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Based on those passages and many more, we have the teaching of Lord's Day, 38. Page 22 in the back of your Psalters, question 103. What doth God require in the fourth commandment? Answer, first that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained. And that I, especially on the Sabbath day, that is, on the day of rest, diligently frequent the church of God to hear his word, to use the sacraments, publicly to call upon the Lord and contribute to the relief of the poor as becomes a Christian. Secondly, that all the days of my life I cease from my evil works and yield myself to the Lord to work by his Holy Spirit in me and thus begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, a question, a question to you and to me, Our worship of God? Is it a labor of love or is it a slavish work, a grievous task? Do we come together to do the Lord's pleasure or to seek our own pleasures on this day? Do we see our Sunday? As a taste of what our eternal Sabbath is all about. And do we long for it? Do we look for that jubilee year? Set free to serve the Lord. My theme is calling the Sabbath a delight. Calling the Sabbath a delight. First of all, remembering the Sabbath. Delighting in the Sabbath. Delighting in the Lord. What is the idea of Sabbath? Sabbath means rest, it means ceasing from our everyday labors. Sabbath is not man's idea, but rather it is God's blessing, it's of divine origin. God was busy working. Six days he labored, creating the heavens and the earth and everything that is in it. And when he had finished creating, we read that he rested. Rested, not meaning that he sat back in a lazy boy chair, doing nothing, slothful, but rather he rested, he entered into his creation to care for it, to guide it, to rule it. Rest, your and my resting, is not idleness. It is not merely refraining from earthly work. Rather, in this particular Lord's Day, we are called to labor on the rest day. Labor on the day of rest. Keep it holy. The Lord does not delight in slothfulness, being lazy, sleeping the day away, doing our own pleasure. No, our resting is as God entered into his work of creation to enjoy it, to rule it, to guide it, our resting is entering into the work of God, namely, and our salvation. A finished and completed work. When Jesus hung there on the cross, paying for your and my sins, he cried out, it is finished, completed, The sin and the guilt paid for, God's justice satisfied, and you and I, on Sunday, enter into that rest, that deliverance, and that forgiveness of all of our sins. We enter into the great salvation that God has given to us. God's purpose of preparing this one day in the week for us, a rest in Christ Jesus, is that it may reflect our covenant life. You see, keeping the Sabbath day holy is a highly spiritual matter. It's an act of faith. It's an act of hope. It's an act of love done only by the child of God. Oh, there are many places that are closed to work on Sunday where people are not working their manual jobs of Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, but it is only the regenerated child of God that enters into the rest in Christ Jesus. And why did God ordain this one day in the week? For the purpose of lifting up his pilgrims in this world to things heavenly. God has given us this day so that he could train us for how then through the whole next week we are able to cease from our evil labors and to live for him. So notice with me. That the purpose of our Sunday rest is not for our sinful pleasure and recreation. What can I do for myself? What can I do to pleasure myself? The purpose of our Sundays is to be occupied with things spiritual. So that it might have that kind of sanctifying influence in our lives. For the whole life, we are taught on this day to look up. To look up and fervently long for the eternal Sabbath. That eternal Sabbath that has already begun but is not complete yet. When there will be no more evil at all, but rather. Enjoying the covenant life of God in heaven in our Lord Jesus Christ. From Hebrews chapter 4, we know that in the Bible there are different phases of the Sabbath rest that God gave to his people. There's first of all the Sabbath rest of creation. God made all things, and then he made man and woman in his own image so that they could then enter into his rest, that beautiful creation, living with him, serving him there in the garden, ruling over this world. And Adam and Eve shortly fell from that, didn't they? Rather than being able to enjoy that life with their God in the Garden of Eden, they rebelled, they sinned against him by taking that fruit that was forbidden, they disobeyed, and there they are hiding from God instead of walking with God in the cool of the day. There is, second of all, the Sabbath rest in Canaan. Boys and girls, you know that story. How God delivered his people from Egypt. And take them out of Egypt, God did not just say, here you are. It's up to you to what you're going to do, where you're going to go. No, God led them all the way those 40 years through the wilderness. That they might enter into that land of rest, that land of milk and honey. Forty years because of their sin, when they were standing there at the border of Canaan to enter in, they rebelled against, didn't they? Those walls are so thick and big and the giants in the land and we are so small and they wanted to go back to Egypt. Forty years before they could enter into that Sabbath rest of the land of Canaan, And there it is only a partial rest, isn't it? Oh, they're not pilgrims any longer. But every day they had to fight with the sin within them and the sin without them. All the enemies against God's people. That Sabbath rest in the land of Canaan is a type. It looks forward to the Sabbath rest established by our Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful Sabbath that was. Better than Joshua, we read in Hebrews 4. For if Joshua was able to give him that perfect rest, then there would be no more Savior to come. But Joshua could not give him that Sabbath rest. The one who New Testament name, Jesus, takes over the Old Testament name, Joshua, He accomplished that work. He defeated sin. He defeated Satan. He conquered death. And on the Sunday morning then, he rose from the death. His whole state of humiliation over and his state of glory begun. And you and I are called on Sunday to enter into that finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ, a work greater than the work of creation. When we who were dead in sin are made alive. When you and I, who were enemies of God, are made his friends and his dear children. But that rest also is partial, isn't it? Because as long as we are pilgrims and strangers here in this world, we still have to wrestle every day. As the Catechism says here, that we cease from our evil works all week long. We have enemies around us who hate the church, who hate Christ. So we are looking forthly to the eternal Sabbath. That is that day when Jesus comes again. And there will be no more sin. There will be no more temptation. There will not be all these aches and pains in our life. Sickness, trouble, despair, sorrow, or death. Sabbath. The Sabbath work of, of the Lord God. The triune God. The Father instituted the Sabbath day. God the Son fulfilled the Sabbath requirement. And the Holy Spirit celebrates. He renews us and he will renew this whole creation. Sabbath, a gift of God to his people. A gift. Do not look at the Sabbath as a kind of a jail. What things may I not do, but rather liberation. And what's so beautiful about our catechism is its explanation of the Sabbath, isn't it? What does the Lord command? Too often we turn that around and we say, what does the Lord forbid? But if you look at how the catechism answers it, what does God require? What does God command of you on the Sabbath day? So notice in the second place then this morning, delighting in the Sabbath. What does God command? Positive. It's a labor of love. So not laziness, not idleness, not slothfulness, not simply a day off doing nothing. There's a demand. What a surprising answer. And That's where I like our Heidelberg Catechism over against the Westminster Confession. The larger catechism has seven questions and answers on this Lord's Day. We have only one question and answer. Seven questions and answers what we may not do. The catechism says this is what you are to do, the positive. What are we to do? What are we to do? there are those who would say, don't ask that question, what must we do? This catechism question tells us what we have to do on Sunday. What we do, and as the question ends, by the work of the Holy Spirit within us. And what are we to do? First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained. The ministry of the gospel. You see, the church is here in this world called to be a light in the midst of the, of the world. There is a ministry that must be carried out. Christ carries it out by his church. The word ministry means a service. We bring the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in this world. We teach it, we show it with our lives, that the ministry of the gospel, young men being trained in the gospel ministry so that from week to week they may open up God's word and explain that word to us and apply that word to us, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained. Ursinus, in his notes on the catechism, he points out the schools, and usually we think there, of course, of our seminary, men being trained for the gospel ministry, but Ursinus says, no, no, he says, the schools are that training ground for our young children, training ground where they are taught the concepts of God's word, and it is applied to every area of life, being trained as young people so that they may take their place in society as workers in the home, as workers in the factory or the field or the office, wherever the Lord has placed you, prepared to serve God with our whole life. Our Christian schools are very important, aren't they? And we're thankful for them. We're thankful for our Christian teachers, for our administrator. We're thankful that God has enabled us to establish those Christian schools for the training of our wonderful children. First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools maintain. Is there something we have to do? Yes. Yes, these schools must flourish so that our children, like tender plants, grow up firm and strong and are able to produce fruit, wonderful fruit to God's glory. Is there anything that we have to do? And that I, especially on the Sabbath day, not only on the Sabbath day, we have Bible studies during the week too, don't we? Again, this week we'll have a Bible study. Men and women coming together, catechism classes will be carried. But especially on the Sabbath, that is on the day of rest, diligently frequent the church of God. Diligently. Not once in a while. Not just in the morning, if I feel like it. We live in a horrible world where the church is apostatizing. Several years ago I read in a magazine of, in a, of a denomination where the average church attendance of their members, and that's of their faithful members, is one or two worship services per month. God forbid that that happens to us, that we become slothful, and that Sunday becomes for us play day instead of worship day. The catechism says, what must I do that I will diligently frequent the church of God? That we join our hands together as God's people to bring worship to our God to hear his word and that's the next part to hear his word not hear the minister but to hear god's word god's word as it is opened up as it is read as it is explained as it is applied and you and I saying with Samuel of old, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. What must I do? Frequently, diligently come to church to hear his word, to use the sacrament, so with our ears, we hear God's word, and with our eyes, we see those same truths of the gospel open up to us. We see the water poured over the baby's head, reminding us that we were baptized, that the blood of Jesus Christ washes away all of our sins. And with our eyes, we behold the bread and the wine, and just as bread and wine feed our bellies, so also Christ Jesus is our food for our souls. Diligently frequent the church of God to hear his word, to use the sacraments, to publicly call upon the Lord. Oh, may we be a church with folded hands, bringing prayers to God for his kingdom, the gathering of that kingdom offering our prayers, in other words, from our diligent individual prayers in our closets, and our prayers around the table, or in our living rooms, as we read it and study it and pray together, now the prayers come together as a congregation. May thy kingdom come. May thy name be hallowed. May thy will be done. Prayers for the kingdom. Prayers for our needs as a congregation. Prayers for those who are undergoing surgery or will have to undergo surgery. Those who are dealing with cancer in their life. And all the different needs, physical and spiritual needs that we have. Offering up prayer. What must we do publicly to call upon the Lord and contribute to the relief of the poor as Christians? You see, it's Christ's mercy, but Christ uses us as his servants to administer that mercy to those who are in need, for those who are oppressed. How beautifully Isaiah 58 says, talks about those who will have the Sabbath day as a delight. They don't oppress the poor. They don't run around doing their own pleasure. But rather they care for one another. You see we have in this particular Lord's Day our work as prophets, priests, and kings. As prophets, we diligently hear the word of God and we speak that word of God whenever God opens up opportunities to us. We open up that word to our precious children around our tables in our home. We open up that word in the catechism classes and in our Christian schools. Prophets. priest, Praying. And giving alms. Giving our lives as a sacrifice. A thankful sacrifice. Not a sacrifice for sins. Christ is that sacrifice. But our lives are thank offerings. Lived for God's glory. And kings. You say, where do you find kings? Well, that's the next section. Secondly that all the days of my life I cease from my evil works and yield myself to the Lord to work by his Holy Spirit in me. Kings, to rule our own lives. Not allowing Satan to rule us, dictate how we're going to act toward one another, how we're going to live our lives But God's word as that light upon our path, that light to our feet. We rule our lives. We cease from our evil works. How beautiful that the catechism says that. Maybe we ask, is that fair of the catechism? When it's talking about the fourth commandment, which deals with the Sabbath day, all of a sudden to talk about... All the days of our life? And the answer is yes, it is. Yes, it is. For not just one day is holy, but every day is holy. Every day is to be lived for the Lord. And what takes place on our Sundays, that day of rest that the Lord gave us so that we could be fortified with God's word, is we are being trained and prepared to go forth in the coming week. We are to be image bearers. For our God works every day, doesn't he? He is not slothful, he's not idle. And so when talking about the Sabbath day, yes, there is still one day set aside by the Lord that we come together, we stop our earthly work in order that we may labor To enter into his rest. Hear his word. Use the sacraments. Calling publicly together on the name of the Lord. Giving our gifts for the poor and for the kingdom. All those things training us, guiding us, preparing us for the week ahead. That we cease from our evil work. Is there anything that I must do? And this catechism is full of it, isn't it? God has given us a wonderful gift, a day when we can come together as saints, hear his word, pray together, be prepared to go forth as his children in this world. Why the first day of the week instead of the seventh day as it was in the Old Testament? And the answer is because the Old Testament Sabbath was changed by our Lord Jesus Christ. As God rested on the seventh day after his work of creation, Jesus Christ, having finished his work that Friday, entered into the burial place, but he arose on Sunday morning. That is the day of rest now for us when we come together celebrating Jesus' work for us and Jesus' work in us by his Spirit. Oh, how important it is that this commandment ends with that phrase, the answer, That I cease from my evil works and yield myself to the Lord to work by his Holy Spirit in me. Are you yielding yourself on Sunday for the Spirit to work in you? Or is your day so full of activities that yes, you pop into church for an hour and a half in the morning and you pop into church for an hour and a half in the evening but the rest of the day doing this and doing that doing schoolwork, doing who knows what reading leisure books is it a day in which God is preparing you working in you by his spirit So that especially on that day, but then being prepared on that day through the whole week, you're looking up and as servants of God, serving him. Out of love, obeying him. Living for him. What is your attitude toward the Sabbath? Is there anything that we must do? And the answer is absolutely. Labor on the Sabbath day. Labor to enter into Christ. rest that He has given to you. Hear His word. Use the sacraments. Call upon His name, individually, families, but also as a, co- a congregation giving of our gifts, as we did this morning. Little children that don't have parents or parents that can't take care of their children. Christ mercy through his people, caring for those children, making sure that the word is being preached over there. The Sabbath day. May our day not be that kind of hypocritical worship of Isaiah's day. That is what Isaiah is combating in his prophecy. Oh yes, Israel had their Sabbath day. But the Pharisees had so turned it so that it was a list of rules of what you could not do. Only so many steps and no more than that. The love was taken out of that day. Instead of enjoying the Sabbath day, they were looking and they were saying, is the sun almost down? Is the sun almost down? And we can get back to work. We can start selling our stuff again. God's word says, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure. How many ways Do we break that commandment? Go to church on Sunday, but then go home again and maybe do the schoolwork or do this, do that. Maybe during the offering, opening up your palm thing to look at how the game is going, or watch a soap opera. I can think of one of my churches where we had members there who would be drawing, sketching beautiful pictures during the sermon, or another one knitting during the worship service. Are we here to diligently frequent the house of God, to hear his word, to see the gospel portrayed in the sacraments? publicly to gather our hands together to pray for one another and pray for his kingdom to reach into our pockets and not just give a little tip as misers but rather giving cheerfully for the kingdom causes. Trained on this Sunday day Christ rests. He has forgiven us our sins And he has delivered us from the power of sin. We're no longer shackled. But we're able to serve him. All of our days. What a gift. Do you enjoy your Sundays? Or are we, like the Israelites in Isaiah's day, so corrupt that when the Lord has given us a favor... A day off, we find it a grievous task. I have to go to church. I have to study my catechism. I have to go to Bible study. Is Sunday for you and for me a chore or is it a delight? Do we on Sunday, be idle and slothful, sleep the day away? Or do we labor, labor to enter into Christ's rest? Boys and girls, how do you view Sunday morning? Is it we must go to church or we may go to church? Is it privilege or is it obligation? Do we say Sunday is the Lord's day? And do we also say all the other days are also the Lord's days? That is, not one day holy. Let's not be Sunday Christians. Oh, Sunday, okay, i got to go to church and I'll do that. But Monday to Saturday, I can live like the devil. I can live like the world. No, no one day of the week given to us to prepare us as a training ground to guide us so that all week long we serve our God in Christ Jesus. May our song be, O day of rest and gladness, O day of joy and light. Where gospel light is glowing and living water flowing. Sundays. Sundays, a gift of God so that all of our life may be a worship service of our God. One day given to us in the week to qualify us so that we may engage in that noble task that delightful task, living for our God, prophets, priests, and kings, working by us, in by his Holy Spirit in me. Is there anything that we must do? And the answer is yes, labor on the Sabbath day. The Holy Spirit working in us. That's the only way. It's the regenerated child of God. We want to serve Him. We want to know Him better. We want to be qualified and strengthened so that when we go out of here, Monday through Saturday, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our work and in our play, recreation, we're not living for ourselves. And we're not living to serve the devil, but we're living. To serve our living Savior in heaven. Being prepared week by week in our pilgrimage here to enter into that eternal Sabbath. When there's no more sin. Do you delight in the Sabbath? That brings me to my third point. Delighting in the Lord. You see, by faith, you and I have begun in this life the eternal Sabbath. That's what it says, doesn't it? Yield myself to the Lord to work by his Holy Spirit in me, and thus begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. The Sabbath, a delight. Knowing the Lord, having him working in us as he has worked for us so that more and more we reflect him. We are called not to make images of God because the image of God is our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we know the Father. And you and I are made images of God. Refashion more and more in his likeness. Consider, consider the Sabbath a delight. That's what God's word says. And you will delight in the Lord, he says. What a great God we have! How considerate. He knew what we needed. Not seven days working in our manual jobs, but rather beginning the week in his house. His spirit working in us, hearing his word, beholding the sacraments, together calling on his name in prayer, giving of our offerings, prepared every day to live for him delighting in the Lord, enjoying sweet fellowship. Is that how you consider our Sunday worship service? Fellowship with the Lord. Dialogue with the Lord. Your God speaking to you and you are able to respond to him with your prayers, the songs that you sing, the giving of your gifts, beautiful life with our God. On Sunday so that on Monday through Saturday also we enjoy that fellowship with God. But not only fellowship with God, fellowship with God's people, the communion of saints. Don't you look forward to Sunday to see your fellow saints To speak to them of what the Lord's done for you during the week. How the Lord is guiding you. Speak to one another in your needs. Let them know that you're praying for them daily and their surgeries that they have to go through, through the sicknesses that they're dealing with. Meditating together. I know in some churches... If the worship service goes over one hour, people are disgusted. They're angry. Oh, what a long service. Can this question, can such intimacy that we have with our God be too long? Let me use an illustration, probably a bad one, but let me use an illustration. Young guy, young girl, you're dating. Do you say to your girlfriend or your boyfriend, okay, I've talked to you for an hour, that's enough. I'm leave. I think you want your dates kind of to linger longer and longer, looking forward to finally when you get married and you live together. Can intimacy with our God and can intimacy with God's people be too long for us? What is heaven going to be like then? Where we're going to delight in the Lord every second, every day, forever and ever and ever. What does God's word say? Delighting in the Lord. I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. And I will feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. That's what Sunday's all about. A high place. We're riding on a high place. The Lord is guiding us. He's holding us. And I will feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. What is that? What is that heritage of Jacob? That he knew the Lord, that he could come to the Lord, that the Lord would speak to him. What is Sunday all about? A Sunday feast. And I'm not talking about roast preacher on Sunday afternoon. I'm talking about delighting in the Lord's feast as he comes with his word, as he speaks to us, and he listens to us as we pray and sing. What a day of rest and glory. So let us, let us seize this gift that God has given to us. Seize that gift. Gather diligently with and enjoy together the fellowship of God's people in worship services. Meditate upon that word. Take that word home t- tonight, today around the table with the children. Talk about Sunday. Why Sunday is such a gift. Why it's so important for us what it means to cease from our evil the rest of the week. Let us take hold of his promises to us. He says, delight yourself in the Lord and I will give you the feast of Jacob, my servant. Yes, come to God's house, opening God's word, enjoying the victory and the rest that our Lord Jesus won for you and for me. Come to worship, to prepare yourself to live spiritually every day of the week, every day of our lives for the Lord, to prepare ourselves for the battle that we have to undergo. It's a battle of faith, isn't it? Saying no to that sinful nature that's within odd springsmith. To say no to the temptations that bombard us from the world. To say no to Satan's temptation. For he goes about like a roaring lion seeking to devour us. I need Sunday worship. In order to instill in me a desire to dig more into God's word on Monday through Saturday. Individually and also as families. God's children are no Sunday Christians. You and I desire to fear and to serve the Lord every day out of love and thankfulness in our Lord Jesus. Diligently freaking God's, frequently God's house not only on Sundays, but whenever there's opportunities, we come together and worship him. Amen. Father in heaven, day of all the week, the best. When we are able to come to thy house to hear thy voice, and like young Samuel of old, we say, speak, Lord. Thy servant heareth. O Lord, continue to prepare us then in our worship services. Guide us. May thy word be that light upon our path, a lamp to our feet, so that every day we cease from our evil doings to serve thee. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.